0: Welcome to Catholic stuff you should know, a J10 initiative. Hey, welcome to the podcast, Father John, and a guy named Father Nathan Goble who's upforwhatever.com. dot com. Hello and welcome to Mario Kart. You're more like Wario, I think. Wario. <laughs> wow. Okay. So round two here. We let the uh, loon clock pass. Father Mike really did not like the loon clock.
1: He didn't like the loon clock.
0: Yeah. Did he comment on the the Tommy gun you got hanging over your... uh, Yeah. It's a a toy gun. It's a rubber band gun. It's a rubber band gun, but it looks kind of intense. Okay. That's it? You're done? No, I'm not done. Isn't he he just a joy? He's so enthused.
1: You're just going to come in here and make fun of the studio that I've made, you know, of the rubber band gun that I put up. Why can't you (laughs) just...
0: Hang things on the wall like normal people. Like look at this. Like the guns hanging down over the door. Everything in me German says this is this is not so okay. you can
1: come in anytime and fix whatever you want.
0: Why aren't those straight and level? Because
1: that's where the uh that's where the the nails hooks are. were, yeah. Hooks. The hooks, the nails. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead, John. You're about to fall asleep. I can
0: see your eyes. Bing, every time. bong,
1: bong, bong, bing. So the um the topic is yet undecided on this one. Do you know what what 2000 it's 2015. So it wouldn't have been 10 years ago, but it certainly would have been uh about 15 years ago. 15 years ago what I was doing right now. What were you doing? Playing Mario Kart. January eating, of 2005. I guarantee it. In the dorms of No, I was still in high school. In 2005? No, fifteen years ago, do said, your math, they said ten years ago. guy can't even read good anyways, yeah, we would play a lot of Mario Kart, yeah, and, um, yeah,
0: I still think that Bond was the greatest video game I know ever. that was the one we just lost a lot of years of my life doing that. yeah, uh grenade launchers, temple. The uh, temple. Oh yeah, you had to no, get. No, no, no. It was it, it was the stacks. That was my favorite
1: level. With grenade launchers? No,
0: not with grenade launchers. Stacks. We would always. Grenade use. launchers were too random. We would always play. I forget. License the... License uh, to
1: kill. Yeah. License, license to kill in the stacks.
0: In the stacks. Oh yeah, that yeah. was a great one. It was. Again, this we uh, we speak <laughs> only to the limited
1: margin of people between the ages of thirty and forty. Folks, uh, I'm sorry. Again, I'm on cold medication and alcohol. This is not a good combo. We'll see
0: He's up for whatever dot com We were just up in Crested Butte, Colorado last week Where they had that They Bud Light turned a, yep. an entire city into Up for whatever And they only gave him like $500,000 Like is that enough? Yeah, they only gave half a million to Crested Poor Crested Butte But the problem with that whole thing is you gotta drink Bud Light Yeah that is a problem How funny was that story last night Joe, our good friend Joe Stanik Oh yeah Dating a girl named Kalohe and uh, who her first introduction to Catholicism was meeting eight priests in Crested Butte, which R- is kind of funny.
1: Yeah, I thought she said her dad was Catholic.
0: Yeah, but you know. Okay,
1: first full introduction. Full
0: introduction. But yeah. um, Joe won his grand his uh, future grandmother in law by uh,
1: bringing her a uh, tall boy of bush. Tall boy of bush. That she, was it. Sean drinks bush, which I can really like get behind because my sister in law has celiac disease, and when she found out that she couldn't have gluten. The one thing she mourned was pizza and bushlight. Really? That sounds like a pretty good combo. Yeah, it does.
0: Well, before we start on our topic, before we actually decide our topic, I um, I want to give a shout out to the most... What's that uh, Jack Black song? The most amazing person in the world. Well, this is not... Oh, this is not the song. The, the greatest uh, song
1: in the world. We were oh. just
0: looking at Gonzaga uh, is on the headlines for ESPN. They are rising towards uh, number one. Yeah. And uh, to a couple of Gonzaga kids, the Arndt kids, especially Catherine. Yep. Who is my favorite. But I don't have favorites,
1: but she's the favorite. Your okay. second favorite, Nathan. Yep. And then the Dempseys went there, and Therese, Therese Lillis goes there.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. So,
1: okay, a lot, lot of people.
0: So, Gonzaga. Gonzaga, okay. shout out. Good luck this year. March Madness is coming up. Are you ready?
1: Yeah. I'm up for whatever.com.
0: He's up for whatever.com. Here is your two topic options. You're going to be bored in both of them. Actually, all three of them. Dang it. We'll see what
1: he chooses. You have three options. Okay. Bikinis part two. Bikinis part two.
0: Um, Not bikinis. Number one, vulnerability as humility. First topic. Number two, chesed, the key attribute of God in Genesis. Number three, cigarettes and not recycling as the only sins left
1: in the postmodern world. Um, <laughs> he's, up, he's up for whatever dot Three could be two autobiographical. Um three already is autobiographical. Um shh. two could be um your two. homily from today. It was yeah. nice. And uh, what was number one? Oh, vulnerability and
0: as as a form of humility.
1: Yeah. Um, if we lose the mojo on your homily, or is it going to be done? Like, because I do like has said. I, I got nothing. I mean,
0: it's your call. I'm not going to give you any pointers here. You're up for whatever. Dot mm. <laughs> mm. Um. You got to make a decision. I can keep doing shout outs. That's while funny because think.
1: I did I did a I did, we've a, never, votive, we've did never do a votive did you do a votive mass on the mercy of God today?
0: Uh, I did it actually for the laity and then the second mass on for reconciliation. But I was thinking about mercy. Yeah. Problem with mercy. This homily didn't come together until about halfway through the gospel. Yeah. So that's why
1: I and I should have been in white. All right. Number 1. <laughs> number 1 is what? I am choosing number 1 vulnerability as a form of humility. Okay, whoa, I didn't think you'd choose this one. Are you sure? <laughs> if on, I could, just, I'm, if I'm I could
0: just describe the look on your face right now, it is just, like, get me out of here. Here's the deal, man. Twelve more minutes and a minute. I went,
1: I went to King Supers today just to buy some cold meds, all right? All I wanted was pseudoephedrine or whatever. And I had to go through... But they knew you
0: are a meth addict and they yeah, wouldn't sell exactly.
1: it to And so, like... She had to check my ID twice. I had to get two signatures, um, and whatever else, just to get some Sudafed. So now I'm rocking the Sudafed with some Maker's Mark, and I'm feeling pretty chill. <laughs> so honestly, I am. I could be up for whatever. Um, so don't worry, I will not be operating any large machinery, heavy machinery, for the next hour. So
0: good. All right, well, let's jump into it then. Vulnerability. So, I uh, we were in Crested Butte last week, and prior to being in Crested Butte, we were on a hot trip with 24 of your favorite people, mm-hmm. even though you opted not to go. You were not up for whatever.com, clearly. the uh He
1: asked me to go on a trip where I have to walk for eight <laughs> miles in the snow so that I can get to a place that doesn't have heat, electricity, or water.
0: The Catherine Iron would have been there. Moving on. The uh yeah, so we we went up to this hut. There's these huts in between Aspen and Leadville, and they have nothing in them, uh except a wood burning stove, and um they're amazing. You would actually love it. You would love it if we could get you a snowmobile.
1: Exactly. That's what I'm talking about.
0: In fact, we were up there with Seth Damore from One Billion Stories and we did a little thank you uh five year anniversary from the from the oh. From uh, the ledge of the hut while it was snowing, and I actually made fun of you during that. So that's going to come out on one, so bi- nice, 1 billion. That's so nice, Wow. 1 billionstories.com. Touching. Just a quick thank you to our, in honor of the five-year anniversary of that and this. Oh. He's done like 2,000 videos in the last five years. We didn't even get to 200 podcasts.
1: One person has, um, as a job. Yeah. And one, one <laughs> us, like, we do it as a. Yeah, he actually said to
0: me at one oh, point, yeah. Seth goes, Yeah, you need to tell your sound guy to, um, you know, edit. So he was just giving a suggestion. And I was like, Yeah, I'll be sure to tell our sound guy. That would be me. That would be me. Yeah. The, um, Anyways, uh, we were backcountry skiing for a couple of days. And I wrote an article thinking about this uh, the vulnerability of backcountry skiing, right? It's kind of crazy. People die every year. In Colorado. Are
1: Usually, you submitting it to Outside Magazine?
0: I'm not. I submit it to Those Catholic Men, which is the guys that gratefully receive a blog entry once every month from me. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a good website. I really recommend it. ThoseCatholicMen.com. They're up for whatever.com. Why are you obsessed with that? I don't know. It's just in my head right now. Just lay off, man. It's a dramboo. Just cool out. Just cool out. The... Uh, so anyways, I was thinking about the notion of vulnerability and I was thinking about the fact that uh, we live these comfortable suburban lives with no v- – we're not vulnerable at all. We've got heat. We've got electricity. We've got everything. And why is it Indoor the tw- – Indoor plumbing. Indoor plumbing. Wi-Fi. Why is it- Wi-Fi. The wi Why is it that 24 of us wanted to go to a place where we're actually vulnerable to the elements? Where we don't have any of those things. Why do we want to go to the mountains? Those people who are – still like to do activities – <laughs> that was a shot across the, across the podcast studio. The, um, why is it, though, that we desire to be vulnerable? And I think the question is because vulnerability is built into life in a way that it's actually really healthy, but we run from it as moderns. So we run from it on a physical level, get rid of hunger, thirst, coldness, whatever it might be, yep. get rid of everything vulnerable, let's make everybody's life comfortable, and then when that transfers into the spiritual life, that's when we start to get in trouble. Hmm. So I was thinking about vulnerability, vulnerability as, as part of the spiritual life. I hope that when people listen to this podcast, one of the reasons why they enjoy it or actually listen to it, not because of the incredibly researched uh, topics or the sobriety of uh, you know talents that are not mixing Sudafed and uh, mm-hmm. bourbon, that kind of thing. They're listening because there's a vulnerability. And that vulnerability, as we talked about in the Companions podcast, is the hallmark of our life, right? Yep. The hallmark of our life. The vulnerability of life is the hallmark. And so what we what we strive for is to live our humanity in a, in a very particular way. And the criteria of a guy who wants to join our little treehouse, as Father Nathan once called it, our our community of men, they're not guys necessarily who want to be holy. There's a lot of guys who want to be holy, a lot of guys who are way holier than we are but it's about can you be radically vulnerable in a way that is profound with each other and then with your parish and with your people as well. And I think that preaching, people can sense, especially from the pews, they can sense a vulnerability of life that is um, conveyed through the homilies versus just a guy who's telling me things about the Christian faith. Mm -hmm. So vulnerability, uh, it becomes all of a sudden one of the most important things in the life of the faith that we seem to kind of overlook and uh, don't really think about. What are your thoughts on that? Be vulnerable with us, Nathan.
1: Well, I did kind of say something to that effect. It was either yesterday or today uh, in my homily to the people, which was um, we we have a pretty strong sense that, like, I've got most of this together. I've got this. And uh, I just need a little help along the way. But uh, for the most part, like... Um, yeah, when it comes to God, like, I, I'm a pretty good person, and God recognizes that and kind of says, like, you're doing good. And, um, and we don't really like to say that uh, we're exhausted or tired or frustrated or, like, out of faith. Like, we've kind of run out of the stockpile of whatever it is we've been storing for some time, um, and we just get by. I think that's what a lot of people do, like, financially with credit cards, you know. I mean, like, they just kind of say, I don't have any money left, but I still want to give the impression that I still have money. So I, you know, run up this great debt and whatever. Um, But I think people do that in the spiritual life, too, which is they don't want to deal in cash. They want to deal in, like, you know, like, numbers or whatever else. And so it'll be some time before finally they manifest, like, Oh, by the way, I'm $25,000 in debt spiritually. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I do that. I mean, um, that's really hard, Uh, especially like as a priest where you kind of have to have all the answers. You kind of have to have it together. Um, You got to be able to, you know, look professional and efficient and on top of it and, you know, up with the times and whatever else. And sometimes I'm kind of just as lost as anybody else. And I think that's the uh Sorry to all the Cabrini listeners. <laughs> These are my, my parishioners actually listen to this, so I do feel No, I think they uh probably know. They probably know that I'm drinking bourbon and taking Sudafed and <laughs> just keeping it real up at the up on the up on the altar. That's right. I think that the uh
0: for priests it's so important to have um to have our priestly fraternity where there is vulnerability because you feel that pressure, it's like fix my life, you know? I had a guy, uh, talking to people this morning, you know, yeah. it's just like, every, you, you just, you never know what to expect and you never know what's coming and you're usually a mess. We're a mess because we feel things deeply and, you know, we're trying to work through things together. Um, but if we didn't have that, man, we'd be in a lot of trouble. Vulnerability is an interesting word though, because, uh, it's kind of a psychological term, or at least it's been hijacked by, by psychology. I listened to a TED Talk recently. You know these oh, TED Talks? Yeah. On vulnerability. And it was a psychologist talking about the importance of vulnerability, um, you know, it, because the psychological approach as a science tries to kind of eradicate that. And she was talking about how that's not the case. It's actually um, essential to an understanding of belonging and to the experience of love hmm. it is vulnerability of life. Yeah. So my question as of late, which I tried to dabble in into this blog, which uh, r- reading something I'm writing is like drinking orange juice from concentrate. It's just too thick and disgusting. Mm. You know, um, an analogy. It's like I tried to make a smoothie recently. Uh, uh, all I had was chocolate protein shake and grapes. Ugh. It was disgusting. Yeah. And I always put too much fruit in it anyway, so it's like drinking that. It's just, So the blogs are not good, so I'm happy you're listening to this. But I was I was saying to myself, as Christians, we locate ourselves morally in a virtue-based ethics. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to talk about the concept of vulnerability, what kind of virtue is that? Because I think that vulnerability is we go outdoors, we die in avalanches, whatever it might be, there's a, there's a kind of an existential dimension of vulnerability, mm-hmm. and then there's vulnerability on the level of action, right, where you choose to be vulnerable. That's different than just I live in a world. Preaching, giving homilies is a vulnerable thing. Skiing in the backcountry is a vulnerable thing. Yeah. But the choice that we make every two weeks when we do our review of life to be vulnerable, that's something that we have to choose. So that would be a virtuous act. So the question is, what kind of virtue is that?
1: Um... I would say it falls under the cardinal virtues. Which cardinal virtue? Everything call, falls under the cardinal virtues. Come on. I mean, faith, hope, and love don't fall under the cardinal virtues. Well, smart ally. on a natural level. Um, okay, on a natural level. Um, I would say it falls under those that deal with um, irascible appetites. So, like, my guess is courage. Hmm. Yeah, and I think that is that, that right? Well, I don't know. I, well, what the, the heck? If it's not a right answer, why am I even? Why? Why are you like critiquing it? I'm trying to be vulnerable with you. Gosh. The, um, uh, so, irascible, irascible. would say that like there is an obstacle to my desire, and I want to get to the object of my desire. Yes. And so
0: good. Pieper says um, in his treatment, Joseph Peiper Joseph Peiper in his treatment on the cardinal virtues, which is a great book, he says that vulnerability. The the capacity to be wounded is a condition is a precondition of courage. Uh, if you're not vulnerable, it's impossible to right. be courageous. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, because then you're just foolhardy and you think that you're invisible. You just, yeah, you just die. so people who just are like, I'm. Uh, no one can hurt me. No one can touch me. I, I got everything together. Right. You're actually not courageous. But I think that the vulnerability is a precondition of of courage, and it's not it's not. Um, Coextensive with the virtue of courage. Yeah. I think that vulnerability is a form of humility.
1: That's not a well, that's drop a, the mic and walk away. That's not a cardinal just drop virtue. the mic. That's a
0: moral virtue. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's a, uh, and here, let me just go for it real quick. What a jerk. I think that when you go into the, um, humility, when we think of humility, we have a skewed understanding of humility. We think of it as like people who just walk around with their heads down and just like, oh, I'm such a sinner. I I'm take Sudafed and drink bourbon every Shh, day. Be silent. The uh, um, my mom's calling. Should we put her on speakerphone? Let's see if this works. Really? Hold on a second. Hi, mom. You're on the podcast. Say hi to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you're that's, you're live on the podcast right now. That's Mary Nepple. Oh. Yeah, it should yeah, make you Yeah, don't nervous. worry. Don't you worry.
1: Are you coming over soon?
0: Okay. I'm not. Am I still on? You're still on the podcast. You should have okay, told call her no. Him when I'm not. Okay, we'll call you later. Love you. Uh, we should have what? Oh, She's so funny. You should have left her on <laughs> and told her that she wasn't. I know. We make fun of her all at her Minnesota. Come on. So, I think that it's a form of humility because humility is about authenticity and it's about the apprehension of reality as it really is. That's how people describe it. It's true
1: self knowledge, yeah.
0: So, this is my thing. That's vulnerability humil- is humility in the realm of intersubjectivity. When you vulnerability are
1: Vulnerability is humility in the realm of intersubjectivity.
0: Humility lived in relationship is vulnerability. That's my thought. I'm just putting that out there.
1: I think that's pretty good. I like that. And that's required. Humility
0: is required of the courageous man who has to.
1: Well, and the honest man. Right. And like that's part of what humility is. Humility is associated with honesty, it's associated with truth. It's seeing oneself, having true self knowledge, seeing oneself in light of the knowledge of God. Right. So, how does God see you? He doesn't see you as this like worm, this maggot, this nobody who can do nothing. But like somebody who, um, who God has done great things in, and yet um, doesn't exalt themselves in the sight of others. Right. I mean, because I mean, obviously you just gotta have to go back to Mary, right? Um, who sings the Magnificat, and yet like doesn't have a bumper sticker that says "I am the Immaculate Conception." Right. Booyah. Twenty six point two. Pache. Uh, well, rest in peace, Stuart Scott. Yeah. Um. So um. Yeah. So humility is vulnerability and in intersubjectivity.
0: That's my that's just my thesis. Or vulnerability
1: on this. is humility and in intersubjectivity.
0: That's what I'm putting out there. Yeah. Because I, I, what I experience is, that it is an element of courage. But I feel like courage kind of builds on it. the The act itself is just the authentic rendering of one's life into the realm of interpersonal relationships. So you have. Because vulnerability comes from vulnus, as we know, the Latin word for wounds. Wounds. So vulnerability is the exposition of woundedness. Now that needs to be done in um in with real prudence and discretion, I think, you know. I'm not proposing just people just put it out there and, and talk about things, you know, um, that they shouldn't be, especially like in homilies or in our life. But there's a way that you can be vulnerable um with people. And I think that's what brings them back. That's what that's what kind of disarms people. Vulnerability disarms people, hmm. and uh, because it's a form of humility. And I think that humility is the most important virtue of the Christian in this
1: time, in this age. Why does vulnerability not fall under prudence?
0: Well, why does might. it
1: why does it fall under courage and not prudence?
0: Well, right reason and action. I mean, they're all kind of tied together. I don't. I don't. They care, are. You know. Yeah. I mean I'm getting kinda rusty and old here. Been a priest for three and a half years. I'm losing all my distinctions. I'm not exactly sure. This I'm just putting this out there though. Yeah. I think the key is to say as we do we, have kinda, a new pope, so as we wrap this up distinctions don't Distinctions, necessarily, yeah, exactly. The uh as we kinda yeah. wrap this up, I just put that out there to say that gonna mix all them. of us uh, all of us need deeper vulnerability in relationship. 'Cause this is this is the big thing. Everybody wants community. Everybody who's serious about being Christian, I want community. I'm not being fed by community. Well get out there and be vulnerable with people, right? And that's what's gonna make that's what's gonna form and cultivate community. If you can fight with people, if you can break through with people, if you can love people.
1: Yeah, and if you can if you can say who you actually are instead of like some posturing yourself as holier than you are. Or as more real or more true or more together right. or less together. You know, like, some right. pe- people go on varying extremes. Like, right. some people some people like to look like they have it all together and they don't need anybody else. Some people look like they can't do anything and, like, without other persons, like, they're... But, I mean, neither is true.
0: The Skilla and Charybdis of Angelism and Defeatism.
1: The Skilla and Charybdis. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Angelism and Defeatism are the two extremes... Angelism, I don't need any help. Defeatism, we all just suck, and let's just Who says wallow that? in our vice. Christian Brueger. Angelism and defeatism? Well, maybe we'll do another podcast on that. E-Christian Brueger. E-Christian Brueger. Okay, so uh, so that's all I wanted to say. Okay. I think that uh, okay, vulnerability we need to we need to cultivate in community. We need to cultivate with God. A lot of us don't pray with vulnerability. We don't see it as a virtue. We see it as something to get rid of, and we need to do that.
1: And weakness is something to be gotten rid of. Yeah. And That's what def- a lot of people
0: think. Weakness and potty, and it's not. But if you're pure of heart, like Catherine Arndt,
1: you don't have to worry about this. Yeah. Just give me a yes. Just say yes. I don't know. I don't know Catherine. You should know Catherine. I know Catherine somewhat. She sounds she is a very nice girl she from is. the Swiss trip. But everyone has things that they're dealing with. That's true. Except Catherine.
0: Except Catherine.
1: Shout outs. Shout out. So, um, I was explicitly told by my sister, Ashley, that, um, I have to give a shout out and, uh, to your sister. No, not to my sister. Oh, uh, She said that she listened to one podcast and she fell asleep. <laughs> um, so, um, thank you, Ashley. Um, my poor sister has always sort of, uh, lived in the, the shadow of, you know, the Gobes, um, Because I did everything You know, two years prior to her uh, By the time my brother had passed through Like, people were like Oh yeah, your brother's like that much older He's like three or four years older But I was only two years older And so I think she got really tired of, of hearing Like, you are Nathan Goebel's brother um, But apparently it happened at her church the other day Where two people were pointing at her And they said, uh, they came over And my sister's like, what's up? And she's like and they said, "Are you Nathan Goebel's sister, uh, like from the podcast?" And she's like, "Yeah." And they're like, "Oh my gosh, we we love it." So, um, one, you have to know about my sister. She is she's great. Um, she's a delight, and um, if you ever get to know her, um, you would find that she's actually much more virtuous and kind than I am. Uh, but in deference and in obedience to her. A shout out to Matthew Ketters and Rich Seely. Um, so Matthew and Rich both are longtime listeners and uh, have tracked down my sister at Epiphany Parish in Bloomington, Illinois. And so, or maybe it's normal. I think it's normal. Um, and so, uh, happy New Year to both of you.
0: Happy New Year. Happy Christmas. Yes. Yes. Matthew Ketters. Very nice. Rich Seely. So, uh, shout-out to a seminarian named Spencer. I think this is Jen Moser's brother, but I'm not sure. He's a, a seminarian. Spencer Moser? Maybe. Seminarian of Omaha, Nebraska. I, I didn't. Uh, it's been such a blur. His birthday is uh, in two days, on January 17th. Oh. So, happy birthday, Spencer. This is going to come out. 10 days after your birthday but uh happy birthday buddy thanks for listening and if you are Jen Mosher's brother we really we really like Jen she's yeah. awesome so thank you second shout out to a, to a melancholic Brian Larkin not, Father, Bra- Brian not Larkin. Father Brian Larkin this is a melancholic who actually listens to Isaac Brady Wagner not Father Brady Wagner and who is a telemark skier her name is Nina Roselle and she goes to my parish so oh. Nina thanks for listening she listens, and listens to Isaacoff, and goes to your parish. I know. I was like, just when I thought you couldn't get any cooler. And she goes, don't worry, I don't listen to fish. And I was like, okay, you didn't get any cooler. Whatever. Whatever. All right, let's tuck you into bed. It's about pretty about much 4.45. Yeah. The, uh, thanks again for listening. And, uh, again, we're always amazed that you do listen to these, uh, these podcasts. They are something else. Catholic stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah. I just all I looked over and I only saw the whites of his eyes. Catholic <laughs> <Next> step <up> podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Like us on <laughs> Facebook. We'll see you next week.